Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. I want to acknowledge something before we start today. I don't know about you, but this fall feels a little different than falls in the past. And I think it has something to do with what happens on Saturdays. (laughs) Anyone else having that experience? Yes. So I want to guide you. Um, I'm going to give you some spiritual guidance for the week. We live each day one day at a time. Do not get ahead. Saturday is coming, but we've got to live out the days in between. Um, Don't do any projection. Don't get ahead of yourself. And just so you know, Sunday comes as well. And we will gather here no matter what happens on Saturday. I just wanted to give y'all a little bit of guidance as the week goes on. And if you're like, I have no idea what she's talking about, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's Knoxville in the fall. You, you got to acknowledge the football when it's going well, particularly. So um, we have been in a, we started a series last week called Why Church? We talked about why church, about sharing Christ and how we share Christ within our relationships. And today we're going to talk about sharing Christ as the church. And what we have to be very careful of is that it, this isn't like if someone's here for your first Sunday and you walked in the room and you need to hear about the love of Jesus Christ, we're going to talk about that Don't turn your ears off because I just mentioned what sometimes we connect mostly with an institution. But we're going to talk about that. Um, The name Paul Brown may not mean much to you, or maybe it's a pretty generic name, so you may know a Paul Brown, but I want to talk about the Paul Brown I know. Paul Brown is my maternal grandfather. He, um, my mom's dad, mom is the oldest of four girls. Yes, four girls. And um, my mom is the youngest of those four. I have heard it said that my mom was a surprise. I don't know what that means about me if I was a surprise as well. But she, there are 12 years between mom's oldest sister and my mom. Now, Paul died when mom was 27 years old. I turned three just a month after Paul died. I don't really remember him, but gosh, I feel like I know him. The stories that have been told to me time and time again, you know, some of those favorite stories. You too may have those experiences within your own family. It may be a grandfather, it may be a grandmother, aunt, uncle. It could have been your own mom or dad that passed away before you have any memories that you can attach. What I can tell you about some of the stories that have been shared with me 
I do know Paul in ways. One of the things that Paul um, passed on to his daughters and they passed on to us that he was passionate about was a certain political party and the electoral process. He believed voting was really important, and that has been passed down to the generations. Now, by the time it's made it to my generation, not everybody um, believes as much in his political party, maybe, as he did. But some of, one of my favorite stories about that part of Paul is that moms has always talked about they never had cars on election day at the house because Paul used those to get people to the polls. He ensured that people had a way to vote, except for one person, his mom, because she did not vote the political party that he thought she should vote. So she had to find another way to the polls. He was passionate. Another thing I've learned over the years about Paul was he would have given a shirt, you've heard that phrase, give the shirt off your back. He was a caring and giving person. He owned the service station on Main Street, Weaverville at the time. And my grandmother would fix dinner at lunch. And she never knew who was gonna show up at the front door or the back door for that matter for lunch, who Paul was gonna say, why don't you head down to the house? Claire May's making lunch or dinner. She'll have plenty for you. I'm not sure my grandmother saw it the same way, but that is part of the legacy that has been passed to me, how those stories are passed from generation to generation. And I think about that passing those things on to our son and him passing them on about what it means to be involved in a process, the opportunity to vote, about giving and sharing with others. That's just a microcosm, just a very small example of what we have been given as this community of faith, what has been passed down to us generations to generations that was spoken by Jesus on that mountain in what we know is the Great Commission. And this is our scripture reading for today. Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority and in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. Um, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given us this mission that uh, sharing the truth of Jesus Christ. May we have ears to hear, speak through me, to me, and despite of me. In your holy name, amen. Now, one of the things about sharing Christ isn't it's just something we do. It's not something we check off. That it gives our lives deeper meaning, both individually and as a church. I'm gonna ask you to do something 
that may feel a little unusual, it's okay. I know, you're like, what is she going to make us do? I'm going to give you permission to talk during this part of the sermon. (laughs) I want you to speak with someone near you, and I want you all to discuss this sentence. I want you to fill in the blank. Church is fill in the blank. Turn to someone and talk about what church is. Now, I, y'all did a great job. Don't, don't leave. You got one more to fill in. Now you're going to say church is not fill in the blank. What is church not? All right. I do wonder if you're talking about what I asked or about something else because some of y'all are much more into it than others. Church is and church is not. Let's talk a little bit about what church is. Church is a group or assembly of people. When we look at the word that's used in scripture, the Greek word, it means assembly. We see that church is noted in Matthew twice. It's not noted in the other gospels, but it is very much talked about in Acts and in the writings of Paul. Church, an assembly, a group, And another way we can look at it is a movement. It isn't a stagnant group. It is a movement, the movement, a group, an assembly of people focused on Jesus Christ. That's what we are as a church. That gives us more meaning than being simply an institution. Or let's talk about what church is not. Church is not a building. We have some way over the generations turned church into a building. Church is a group. It is an assembly of people focused on Jesus Christ, living out the mission that Jesus gave us. When we were at the fall festival last Saturday at Farragut Primary, it was a group of us. It was a group of us, an assembly focused on Jesus Christ. We were the church at Farragut Primary School. It isn't limited to a building, and this may shock you, it is not limited to a day of the week. It doesn't mean that church only happens on Sundays. Yes, we gather on Wednesdays too, but church is far more than a day of the week or a time. Yes, we gather as an assembly We gather as a movement on Sunday at 11 o'clock, but we are not limited to a a space or a time. 
And that gives our lives more meaning because life has deeper meaning because we get to be part of something bigger than us, something that is bigger than a building or a time of day. We get to be part of a movement of an assembly of people focused on Jesus Christ, on sharing Jesus Christ to others. We get to be part of something bigger than us. And deep in our core is a desire to do just that. Yes, we can be part of something bigger next Saturday at Nayland Stadium, and I support that. But yet, what a church is, is far more than that. It is something bigger than us that is rooted in Jesus Christ. And we are commanded to share that with others. There are times that I try to grasp what it must have been like to be a disciple, to be Peter and the others who were called from their jobs, Matthew from the tax booth. They were called from their jobs and they immediately followed. What must it have been like to be able to hear Jesus teach, to witness him healing, to to be aware of the transformation that happened in their lives and those that they got to witness. What it must have been like when he was arrested. To find out Judas was the betrayer. What it must have been like in that fear to go hide behind locked doors that what they thought they knew wasn't what they thought, even though he told them he had to die what it must have been like when he was executed, what it must have been like in the silence that went from his crucifixion to his resurrection, what it must have been like to find out that he was resurrected, what it must have been like to be there on that mountain when he didn't say, I want y'all to stay together as a really tight group. I want y'all to meet in a really small place. I want it to be about a building and a time of day. What it must have been like to get those words to go and make disciples, to share Christ. What it must have been like and how scary that must have been. But we know they did it. We know they did it because we're here having this conversation You see, life has deeper meaning when we're part of a mission greater than ourselves, when we get to share Christ just as those disciples did on that mountain, when they got the command, when they got the great commission, and they passed it on, and they passed it on, and they passed it on, and here we are. You see, our meaning as a group bigger than ourselves is a mission that is bigger than us. It is a mission that tells us that we are to share Christ with others. We are to tell the good news of Jesus Christ, of how Jesus has worked in our lives. We are to do that as a assembly. You see, life also takes on deeper meaning when we share the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Maya Angelou said, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Let's be honest. On Thursday, if I called you up and said, hey, what did I say on Sunday? I don't know. 
but maybe you felt something during this time that you connected to. And when we think of sharing Christ as this assembly, we think of it is rooted in God's love and grace. Not a touchy-feely love like Hallmark necessarily, but rather this love, this love of God who came to be with us through Jesus Christ, that God who through Jesus Christ lived and walked and shared about this love that is not transactional, that is rooted in grace, and we are commanded to go and show that to others. Life has meaning. Life has deeper meaning when we get to be part of something bigger than us, rooted in a mission that is much greater than us, that is rooted in the love and grace of Jesus. Love God, love others, love your neighbor. That's what we've been commanded to do. That's what we get to share as this community, as this assembly. The 12 steps and the recovery community are a significant part of my own story. And the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is the primary text of the 12 steps, says this. And it's, it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite quote. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. I think of that image. I think of that image of how the, for the disciples, Jesus laid this, this mission. He laid his love uh, at their feet and they picked it up. And they passed it to the next generation. And that group picked it up and passed it and picked it up and passed it. Just as we pick up and we pass those stories around about our family members that we knew or don't know, but with so much more. You see, we are called as this assembly to share the love and grace of Jesus Christ, to pick up what has been laid at our feet, not to hug it and protect it and go, we've got to be careful about this. I don't know what's going to happen. No, we are called to share Christ, to share what has so graciously been shared with us. In 1865, 1865, Think about that. If you know a little bit about American history, what a year. 1865, a group of people started meeting in a home a couple of miles that way in what we refer to as Old Concord. That group, for 15 years, followers of Jesus Christ, sharing Christ, this assembly focused on Jesus, they met for 15 years in a home or in the Masonic Lodge in Old Concord. 15 years, so what would that be? About 1880, boy, math. I should have figured that before I went there. In eight, about 1880, they started meeting with the Presbyterian Church. And they did that until 1920. For 55 years, that assembly did not have their own building. They didn't, but they continued to meet. They continued to share Christ. 
There was a Sunday school class that met for years of the Methodist and the Presbyterian church that came out of that. You see that group from 1865, that was the beginning of Concord United Methodist Church. In the 20s, that community of faith, that assembly, they experienced the economic boom, and then they also experienced in the 30s the Great Depression. World War II affected that assembly in the name of God, focused on sharing Christ. And then this thing happened. Oak Ridge was built, and more people came into this area as a response to what was going on in Oak Ridge and the number of people that were needed in Oak Ridge. There was also the flooding in 1943, 1945 of that area over near, near Old Concord for the, in the building of Fort Loudon Dam. That community of faith, that assembly began to change and there were more people and it was different. And they, it, they felt this call to relocate. In 1954, they considered and voted about relocating, moving closer to the highway. That would be Kingston Pike. And in 1957, the church voted 48 to 41 of the leadership. 48 to 41. Talk about a voting process. That group voted 48 to 41 to come here to this location. If there is anyone in the room that feels comfortable, if you or your family was a part of that in the 1950s, would you please stand or raise your hand? Now we got Barbara, we got Julia. Oh my gosh. Standing on the shoulders of folks who shared Christ, who have obviously you all received that sharing of Christ and you have passed that on and you ensure that we are doing the same here today. Those folks from 1865, they shared, they, offered, they were offered from somewhere, it was Muddy Creek, I could tell you a whole lot more but I'm sticking to some basics. How they were, it, we've got a book. For those history buffs in here, we can hook you up with the history of Concord. It's amazing. But that group in 1865 received and they passed on. And here we are today, not just a part of an institution. We are a living community, an assembly who got our mission, not just from the generations before us, but from that mountain from those disciples who shared Christ. And when we share Christ as this assembly, life has more meaning. So what about us? What are we doing with what's been handed to us? How are we passing that on? How are we sharing Christ? It's a question we need to ask ourselves and we need to answer and we need to do so within community and we need to use it to continue what has been given to us. 
And what we know is that getting to be part of something bigger than ourselves, to have a mission that is rooted in love and grace, to gain meaning from life because of what someone hands to us through sharing Christ, that that is a part of who we are in our DNA and we are called to it today and tomorrow and the days to come. That's why church, not because we're an institution, but because we got a command so many generations ago and we have a responsibility to continue to pass that on to give deeper meaning to our lives and others. That's our commission. That's our God. Let's do that. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.